Before, before we learn Parsha together, Penny, as before we learn Parsha, I want to say that a lot of the Chevra, Ezra is going to go, Be'ez HaShem, is going to go to Eretz Yisrael next year, and you're going to, for the first time in your life, what's going to become the dominant part of your day is Chavrusas. When you go to Eretz Yisrael, Chaim, what dominates a guy, a guy comes from a Sif to Maishi, next year you're going to go to Eretz Yisrael, and the dominant part of your day is going to be Chavrusas. Most of your day is done with a study partner. In yeshiva here, a guy has shiurim, a lot of shiurim, from his morning shi, afternoon shi, second seder chavur, a lot of shiurim. Even if he has chavrusas, a guy typically in high school has an hour seder with him, a half hour with him, and you're learning quickly a little more bekeistic. Daivin Eretz Yisrael, as a guy develops, develops, his primary part of the day is learning with a study partner. The psychology that exists between two guys learning together, you could write books and books and books of that interaction. For anybody who sat with a chavrusa, the things going on between those chavrusas, you literally can fill books and books in that battle and struggle and difficulty studying. It sounds so innocent. The game plan of chavrusa is very unemotional. We take a piece of Shulchan Aruch, two lines of Chumash. You see it and I see it. The best study partners see it in different ways. Two people, the more different you are, the more you have different viewpoints, the better. You then compare notes. What did you see, what did I see? You'll see that you saw two different things. You argue it out and you both get smarter. That's how, the, that's how a Chavrus shaf works. You see a Taisvis. He sees it, you see it. You each then compare notes. What was Taisvis? Kasha, Teret. And you'll see nuanced that you'll see it different. You'll argue it out and you'll both get smarter. That's how it works. That's how it works in Chumash, in any topic of Torah that you study, two people, and the more different you are, my best Chavrus I ever had, we learned for six years, there's nothing in this world we see alike, nothing. If we watch sunset, we're seeing two different things. The way our minds work is different. We've gone to Shabbos through this together. We have a different experience completely. What like this thing meant? And then we talk about it and engage, and we both got smarter. It's called Rav Chashmaitza, an expansive sugya. You push it are deeper, smarter when you have your own perspective and somebody else's perspective. You remain very, very unintelligent when you only have your perspective on something. It's very underdeveloped. The more the other guy tends to see your perspective, the less you get a developed sense of, any, of anything you want to look at in, in a serious way. The more somebody sees it from a different angle and you talk it over, you talk it over. Even current events, by the way, I'm thinking a lot. What happened in the capital? What's going on in this country? There's crazy weird stuff and what am I seeing? I'm not sure what I'm seeing. I'm trying to like analyze. It's easy to have people are crazy. There's, people aren't crazy. What's happening? What's happening in this country? I'm not sure. My wife and I were talking and trying to, maybe we have too much the same perspective on this to get a clarity. I'm not sure what I'm seeing. 
I'm not clear. What am I seeing? What's happening? What are we seeing? If you get somebody who tends to see things different than you, you could talk it over and argue it out and each try to share how you're seeing it and then you get like a balanced view of the thing. The more the person tends to challenge how you're seeing it, helps you clarify what you're seeing. And a chavrusi can get like amazing places. If you do it well, you get amazing places. The problem is there's so many other parts come in. A lot of ego stuff. I want to prove to him I'm smart. I sit across from a guy and I end up wanting a lot of it is prove I'm smart. We end up debating who said the vert. Two guys, things emerge. And you, the chavrusi, you could each easily steal the vert from the other guy. Who end get, ends up credit? That, that was my word. He says your word and you say his word. And then there's like, it's personal whose word it was. You go around later and I got, you hear your chavrusa say, yes, I was thinking like, you was, that was my, that was your word, that was my word. Whose word, there's a lot of ego comes into chavrusa, a lot of whose word. There's a lot of geneva going on. In real chavrusa, a lot of thievery. There's a lot of ego of a battle of who's the smarter guy, who's the dominant guy, and you want to prove a lot. A lot is like proving you're smart. If he's smart, you want to also prove yours. It's much easier. Everybody can learn with an older guy or a younger guy. Everybody in the world. And many people give up on a chavrusa. The best guy in the world's equal to you. And many people give up on that. They'll either learn with people smarter or dumber. And they give up, well, I'm not going with <laughs> It's very, very tricky. Always, always have periods you learn with somebody who's an equal to you. And it's very, very difficult. And a lot of things happen in that dynamic. Those are all major opportunities to learn yourself. If you're unhealthy and don't analyze and figure out, you're just frustrated and you always blame you can't get a good chavrus. Okay. It's a tremendous opportunity for self-awareness, for self-discovery. Tremendous, tremendous. And even in the chavrus's flaws to work with that. If you're working from your side on being more honest and being more accepting and you have a chavrus who always wants to sound smart, it's very normal. So you can be so mad. You're trying to just be mevakish emes. And he, it's not just the MS, it's a lot of mixtures also. It's not just the two guys sitting and coming to the truth. He wants to be as smart as you to show maybe he's even smarter. There's some competitiveness there. And you're trying to put that aside and he's battling and you're like, we're not doing the same thing. Learning to give him what he needs to let him feel smart. Learning even at times to speak out. Let's try not to think who's smarter. Let's try to keep the focus on the Bika Shemes. He got, you said, I said, let's try to put aside. We said, let's, let's share equal. Sometimes you'll be, twi- you'll be 70%. I'm 30. Sometimes I'll be 70. You'll be 30. We said, let's take off the fight. If you're an honest, sincere person, it could be a life-changing experience. My bracha for every guy here, and, and no matter what stage, you should have a good chavrusa in your life. It's very powerful and very difficult to have a real chavrusa, real, real. And you sit an hours a day and you lock minds 
and you real in an authentic way have that Torah discussion, it's very, very complicated and very rewarding, amazingly rewarding. I think back to the fights I got into my chavrusa, and there's a lot of ego use screaming and yelling and mad and not talking, and there's a lot of back and forth. If you're an honest person, it could be life-changing. And if you introspect, it's interesting. In our life, we act, and then we have two eyes. Hashem gave us two eyes. One eye is to see, so I can learn my chavrusa, and the other eye is to watch myself learn with my chavrusa. We we do, and then we watch ourselves do. We do mitzvahs, then we watch ourselves. Chavrusa is that thing. Engage the chavrusa and also observe yourself. I'm davening each guy. I'm excited for that opportunity of going to base medrash and getting a chavrusa. It's a wonderful experience and a murderous experience, Ezra. And it, in that experience, Aaron, we can become big people. We really have the opportunity, if we're honest, call ourselves out, work through Shloima, a guy can become a seriously big person. Just in learning with a Chavrusa, analyzing how he does it, it brings out many insecurities, many insecurities of who's smart and all different nonsense calling ourselves out, working ourselves through, it's a great, great experience. Where's Chaim Tzvi? Thank you, Chaim Tzvi. What do you hold the Chavrusa? Life-changing, right? There's, you could write books on that experience, literally books on the Chavrusa experience. But I think guys in Beis Medrash experience the first time, for the first time real. And the high school guys have chavrusas, but it's shorter periods. It's also, in the typical high school chavrusa is we're just trying to get shot in the line. Have we fit? We ask around, we get shot in the line and we're happy. As we're getting more sophisticated, what's happening with the chavrusa is a whole different thing. You're both able to get the line. You're both able to get the taisvis. You're really trying to have the sophisticated conversation. And then it becomes a lot of things kick in. Maskim, Mayor, the Chavrusa experiences. Maskim, Doves. If a guy is honest, a lot of the things that frustrate us with Chavrusas could be life changing, are excellent. A lot of the stresses, people switch, the guys whose career go Chavrusa to Chavrusa, Chavrusa, and they never change and never grow and never engage. It's so tragic. Let's go on to the next period of life. So I wasn't good with Chavrusas. <laughs> Just means that no self awareness, no call outs, no work. You can have such a good time to figure out what's happening inside of you with the Chavrusa. I'm excited for Shloyme Greenwald. And if you come from a yeshiva, b'siyata d'shmaya, that may be made a guy, the, maybe the biggest thing we get in Waterbury is the courage to look in, the courage to be weak, the courage to be vulnerable, the courage to have flaws, wild. And we look inside, it could be like a life-changing experience. A chavrus is wonderful. And you said he's smarter, he's not as smart, he's quicker, not as quick. All the, we have all different, it doesn't matter. You have all different stuff. The key is that he's an equal. See, if you hire a tutor, it doesn't have that same dynamic. Because he's older, he's supposed to run it. If you learn with a younger guy, the key is to get an equal and then work through that experience. Is a tremendous experience of self-awareness. <laughs> tremendous and very difficult. Very difficult. It sounds so easy, I'm saying it, but if you're honest, it's rewarding and a beautiful experience. Shall I hear what I'm saying?
The guys who haven't experienced, it's like words. For the guys who've experienced what I'm talking about, it's <laughs> who feels hands in an honest way, who's experienced the chavrusa and all the, by hands, who feels they've gone through chavrusa and all its dynamics by hands here. Fascinating. Fascinating. Moyo, do you hear what I'm describing? Are you interested in that? You want a chavrusa now. It's fascinating. Chaim, you even know what I'm talking about? You're starting in a serious way as you engage and it becomes the focal point of your day and you have four-hour chavrusas, you'll be shocked how much is there. It's a beautiful part of chavrusas and by the way, makes the whole experience such a beautiful experience. It gives you understanding that the frustrations are life-changing and should be there. And are, are part of the amazing experience gives a lot new kaiches. Ezra, I'm so fired up for you to have chavrusas next. Four hour chavrusas, and to go through that, and you have a lot. We have our own. I'm from here. He's from. They're all different types of insecurities at play. And then we learn to be vulnerable, we learn to be less, we learn to be more, we learn that he's imperfect, and he doesn't call out everything you call out, and you're trying to be honest, and he's like, my vert, and you're like, my. It's, it's, you see brilliant ways people steal vert. In the middle of a debate, a guy could steal your vert. There's ga'inus within ga'inus, if you do it well in a chavrusa, and we all could do it, it's kishra. That's what I was saying, that's what I, so we weren't, it wasn't about who was saying what. We're trying to find out what Hashem was saying. <laughs> but if you're like very carefully doing it and he's not, becomes especially hard. And you can't beat him up. You slowly, you give him what he needs. Okay, so you were saying could be right. It's very hard. It sounds easy, but I'm saying it now. But the experience is beautiful. It's a beautiful experience. It's a life-changing experience. Done right, it's a life-changing experience. You find the chavrusa that you mamish have a good rapport and you could do it and there'll be hardships and things, but it could be a tremendous ex- experience. I was there to learn with the guy for six years. He changed my life. He impacted how I think. He thought so differently than me. He impacted how I think. Everybody knows in a business meeting the way you get somewhere is what's called a healthy tension. There's two vantage points. There are different vantage points. We said over in the yeshiva a number of times about Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan, Reish Lakish was nifter. Rabbi Yochanan lost his mind. He lost his mind crazy. And he went crazy because Reish Lakish used to argue on him. So they got him a new chavrusa. He needed a chavrusa. Oy chavrusa misus, a chavrusa or death. And his new chavrusa would bring rayas to everything he said, and he went crazy. He said, I need somebody, Rishlok used to argue, you bring rayas. Eventually, the Chachamim Davim, Rabbi Yochanan Shmi Nifter, we lost one of the greats. So I always, at first, when I was younger, I used to bother, like, just get a chavrusa who argues on him, just to argue, like, easy does it. Of course, it can't be contrived, it can't be made up. You'll have chavrusas that you, the main chavrusa you're not good for is because you see things too alike, it's very boring. The chavrusa that doesn't work is there's no tension. You'd be surprised. If you have tension with the guy, oh, it's a bad chavrusa. It's probably a very good chavrusa, by the way. The ones that you hate sitting with are probably your best chavrusa. Because there's a tension. There's a little competitiveness. There's a little... So then you get a guy who's just weak. Okay. <laughs> there's no, no tension. 
It's not a good chavrusif. He's not a different vantage point. Rabbi Yochanan couldn't find, they couldn't pay a guy to fight with Rabbi Yochanan. It has to be clearly Reish Lakish and Rabbi Yochanan had different Shairish Hanashama. The best partner for Hillel, the best Baal Machloikis was Shammai. The best one for Abaye was Rava. The one who tends to deeply see it different than you is the best chavrusa. He just has a different look. You pick it up at nuances as you learn with people. You find somebody that's so cool. And you like, sometimes you're like, I can't believe what he sees. My chavrusa was six years. I always couldn't believe what he saw. He was so weird until he impacted me to become a little more weird. Because he had a certain view of things, we tend probably like to oversimplify. Maybe I'm chesed, he's din, to oversimplify. But we had different views on things. And his view was like, we would fight. I couldn't even know what he was looking at. But we'd argue it out until like I, I actually get what he was seeing and saying. You're excited, Maish, for that? Four hours a day, first say to four hours, second. It's very cool, Chavrusa. What? <laughs> I mean, I was always a smarter guy. <laughs> 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 Weren't we all? <laughs> We're always, you're not doing it right if you're not the smarter guy. Because like, your perspective is like the guy's such an idiot. Always, that's the good chavrusa. If he's a big idiot, that's the perfect chavrusa. He never gets it. That's the exact guy. He sees it different. But if you have to hear what he's seeing real, say it again. Now, sometimes you feel he's not being honest because he doesn't. Okay, so you have to have an eye honestly, what is he saying? And by the way, your, your, your chance to explain to him what you're seeing is a tremendous, even to force you to articulate what you're seeing. And then let him say what he's trying to see. And that, yeah. that interaction, you get very, very, very smart from that interaction. You had the plan, Schleimer? You have no idea how much politics comes within that interplay. Chaim, give other examples, Chaim, of things that happen in a Chavruz. A lot of stealing vartim from each other. Who said what? There's the ego who's smarter, competition. There's other stuff that goes on there. <laughs> what? Even like the motivation it's true too. That's hard too. Sometimes he's in the mood. You're not. You're in the mood. Not. Okay, that's true too. So, yeah, that can be very frustrating. You need someone you can talk with. You don't have to. If this dynamic is a real tension, it, you don't, you don't want to hack. You actually look forward to this. I learned this guy six years. We didn't hack much because the tension was so gishmak. It was a war. But it was a dynamic. We walked out of sugas. We had a sugya very well. You can get psukim in the tire if you're willing. You don't need a hack then. The experience, and it's exhausting. You, you gotta, you, you duke it out. But it has to be. You, you're coming in. Let's go. Yeah, it was wild. Yeah, so it could get wild. If you get a guy who's, if you get a good chavrusa, it's wild. But you have to take a piece. Relax, get comfortable, both get comfortable. Let's go to figure out the tesis. But you're not like together we're figuring out the tesis. I want your perspective, my perspective. Let's talk. What did you see? And you'd be shocked in the same tesis. What he highlights, what excites. By the way, even what excites him in the same piece. You'd be surprised. Read a parsha. What did you see? What got you? I, I read things with my wife. 
Let's read an article. What got you mad? What got you excited? What you and I have like a certain line. This was like this, and she has a whole different line that got her upset. That got her. It's just interesting what you notice, what you take out of it. There's so many aspects. What you notice, what mattered to you about what was said, what was important, what was what you disagree with, and then you you handle how you saw what you were seeing, and if you're patient and willing to hear what somebody else is saying, wanting to teach what you're saying, you become a smart person, very smart. You learn language of debate, of honest conversation and dialogue. Yeah, there are people who describe what's going on in America now—the unwillingness to see another opinion. I'm not saying, I'm not telling you that's my opinion, Beirach. I do think that we've become very unwilling to have civil debate and willing to hear other people's side of things. I don't was so insecure. If you're Republican, you have to. I don't care for power. They're all human beings, you know, frail human beings. But we've become so insecure, we can't have somebody who argues on me, and maybe he has a valid point. He's not allowed to have a valid point, and I have a valid point. Our dialogue has become tremendously insecure. Why can't I? Why can't I be strong and still know that he's entitled to be strong? What? Insecurities, problem. Do we not get enough hugs when we're kids? I don't know. The home life. But insecurities. I think the Shirish is insecurities. If you're a secure person, somebody else will let have a very strong opinion. And, and if we learn self-validation, I think people are very insecure and don't know how to do self-validation. And so then the Chavrus, <coughs> I'm right. So you don't listen. You don't hear. And then I don't have to either be a piece of garbage and he's my Rebbe. We could be Chavrus's. I'm entitled to a strong, powerful, solid opinion. And so is he. And by the way, he can have points that I missed and add. It's the coolest thing. You have to be very secure for that. It's much easier. Learn with a weaker guy or learn with a Rebbe. And then you can just say, I couldn't find a good Chavrusa. <laughs> you couldn't bend. You couldn't, you, couldn't, you couldn't humble yourself. You couldn't encourage yourself. You couldn't... Chavrusa is a beautiful experience. Dave, I'm excited for your Chavrusa. I'm excited for it. You hear what I'm talking about? Rabbi Yochanan went crazy. He had no chavrus that can argue on him. And Rabbi Yochanan said, it's interesting, Rabbi Yochanan was a very tough person. Do you know what Rabbi Yochanan carried in his pocket, Moyo? A bone. Who said that? Thank you. Dain Garma Dasi Rabir. You know how many kids Rabbi Yochanan buried in his life? Ten kids. Went through a lot of pain, the man. You know what it means to lose ten children? We should never, never know of one child. Lost ten children in his life. What? I, I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. But he carried a bone in his pocket that if somebody had Saras, we all should carry. It's time a fast idea that he carried the bone of his ten son. All of us should carry bones in our pocket, not of any children, of our difficult experiences that we use it to let another person get richer. So if a guy was thrown out of yeshiva, that's a certain bone in his pocket. If a guy was hurt in a certain way, that's a bone. There's a big, there's a big lesson here of Rabbi Yochanan's bone in his pocket. But Rabbi Yochanan, if people would go through a tzara, Rabbi Yochanan had a certain license. If somebody, Rachman al-Tzlan, goes through a tzara, if you ever go, Rachman al-Tzlan, to a base avil, somebody lost a child, if you didn't share the experience, you have no license to talk. Just listen and cry. 
Tysus asks you, Kasha. You're a beautiful person. Tysus, Maisha asks. I love people who think, Maisha's like, how does he have a bone in his pocket? It's Chiyav of Kvura. You're so different that we would be good Chavrusas, Maisha. My Chavrusa was like you. He asked that cash and I'd want to hit him. Because I'm like, you idiot. Like, I'm crying. Rabbi Eichmann's carrying a bone in his pocket. I'm like a basket case. I'm like thinking about bones in the pocket. My chavrus is worried. You have to bury it. I'm like, oh, I wanted to bury my chavrus. Like, what are you like? Leave me alone. Like, what are you? You're such a crazy guy. We would be good chavrusas. <laughs> he would get mad at me. Kalish, you're like handling. <laughs> he would get me. You're getting our chavrusas shot. I get ready to punch. You say, I don't get it. It's a bone. You're not to bury. I'm like, bury the, do you get, like, I'm crying. Rebekah's bone in his pocket. I'm like ready to fill up my pocket with all of my bones, you know, to help. You know, I, I'm like emotional and crying. He's worried about the chi of kfura. I'd like scream, not even know what he's asking. Like, what? He said, well, I learned. The Gemara says you have to bury. I'm like, but I got smarter. I learned. Tysus asked his cash. Always angered me. Tysus didn't speak about my thing. Mine was like uh, in some was the safer. His was like the Tysus. So you understand how it got violent by us? <laughs> You're so cool that you asked that much. My chavrus is my rebbe too. That's like the exact cash he would ask. It's funny, we just got to show, like, I'm, like, handling the bones in the package. And he's, like, handling. La well, Allah, you have to bury every... I'm like, oh. <laughs> Tysus asked that question. Of course, of course. <laughs> he would get upset, like, it's funny. We once went for a Shabbos to somebody's house, and the guy during Kiddush started crying. So on the way back... I'm like, that was, that was, I want to cry by Kiddush. He got so mad. I want to be Yaitzah Kiddush. She was like upset, the guy's Havara. Maybe we weren't Yaitzah. I was ready, like, Yaitzah Kiddush? The guy cried by Kiddush. Leave me alone. He's like worried, will we both Yaitzah? Maybe we need another Kiddush. <laughs> you understand, on the way home, we fought, we, I think we didn't talk the rest of the walk home. I'm emotional. I want to cry by Kiddush one day. And he's worried, do we need to make Kiddush? And I will Yaitzah. You see what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> That's what we learned for six years together. Because he was worried with the Yitzhak Kiddush, and I was like just going with sugar that the guy cried by Kiddush. <laughs> very good, Kasher. Some say it was very small. It wasn't the whole limb, it wasn't the whole limb and it was less than a Kazayas. That's not Mechoy even Kura. I think that was one of Tyson's answers. I don't remember. What? So. Um, Chaim said, I heard somebody once say this was like a tooth, a limb that fell off before. I've heard two of them, I don't remember. Tysus, I think, is less than Chaim's. I've heard Chaim's terrors that it was a limb from before. A tooth falls out, you could save a tooth, does not chod in kfura. I don't think so. I don't think the Gemara here, not here, could be elsewhere. That Gemara Brach is Dein Garmadash Sirabir. Tysus asked the Kasha. The Gemara is not coming for sure. I don't think so. We can look it up together, but I don't think so. But the Kitzer is that, that Rabbi Yachanan's a very strong person. Ten children he loses, and he's comforting other people on their losses, carrying some sort of aver, some sort of limyedi that other people should feel comforted. So you're talking about quite a strong guy. And when his chavrusu argued on him died, he went crazy, he can't live anymore. If he couldn't have a dissenting view, there's no point to life. 
it's Naira. Like, he could survive a lot, this man. But if he can't have a dissenting view, there's no point to life. And we davened, the Chachamim davened, Rabbi Yechanan Shaddai, just to get a picture. And we live in an age, if somebody disagrees with us, it's like the end of the world. Rabbi Yechanan couldn't live when there was no dissenting view. And we can't live with a dissenting view. We have a lot of work to do. A lot of insecurity. Rabbi Yechina, that he couldn't survive. Ten lost children, he found the strength and the capacity to survive. The loss of a dissenting view is he has no more life. There's no, nothing to live for. If nobody can argue on your view, what's their life? There's no life. There's no clarity. There's no truth. There's no, there's no, there's no consolation from such a thing. Not to be afraid of a dissenting view, my friends. Somebody could see it different. You need that dissenting view. You can't survive without a dissenting view. Somebody should write it. Somebody should call Stephen King. He should write a, a world. What a world would look like with no dissenting view. It would be a horror show. Death. What? Yeah. Terrible world. Terrible world. Really? That's the word? No. That's amazing. This mamish, this horror movie. He did it. It's a horror show. It's a horror. Yechanan asked, kill me. Kill me now. There's no dissenting view. Horrible. Beauty of life is different viewpoints, different ways. And then that friction is the beauty of life. You have to be secure for that. Let's learn some Shemais Chavra. I wanted to share this. I want to share, before I share another thing on Shemais, I, want, I went to a wedding yesterday and I picked up a diamond at the wedding. I want to share the diamond with you. I feel like I owe it to the guys. I was supposed to be, I was supposed to be skiing with the Chavra. I, didn't get, I got jipped from skiing with you. And maybe you got jitten skiing on me. I'm not such a great ski. I can't keep up with Mo. But you would have seen some cool falls at the very least. And maybe I make good kumzitzes on top of mountains. And Lemaise, I didn't get to go skiing with the Chevra. So I did go to a wedding. There are diamonds at weddings. I didn't steal the diamond ring. I got a different diamond that I want to share with you. At the wedding was Yamaisha Weinberg Schlitter. Nachi, where's Nachi's, Nachi's Rebbe? And he was, he was at the chasna, beautiful year. And a lot of his Talmidim were at the chasna. I did not have the opportunity to speak to him. It was hectic and I, didn't, I wasn't there that long. But I had the opportunity to speak to a Talmud of his. It was full of his Talmidim. And I had an opportunity. And a Talmud of his said something that I have to share with him. It was a diamond to me. The Talmud was describing how his Rebbe led his Sibur, his congregation, through COVID. And he was very into, you know, into the, the rules and, and masks and not that. I, I don't want to speak for him exactly what he's into, and I don't know all the shittas, but he let his seber. But what he was very demanding is not just to survive, there has to be a steiging through the situation. You better come out of it whenever life returns that you're a different person from the experience. And he said brilliantly that Hashem by the Brisbane Absarim tells Avram Avinu that the Yidna are going to go to Mitzrayim. And then in the most bizarre, it's one of the most bizarre words in the whole Torah. They're going to leave with wealth. 
Shkaya. Like, it's like so... <laughs> you know, people who don't like Yidin make fun of us that we're very into money. Are Jews more into money than Goyim? I have no idea. I'm not very into... Uh, money's nice. I'm not say I'm not into money. Money's geschmack. I don't think it's like... I like honor. I always feel money's just way of buying covered. Let's go directly to covered. I was afraid to be a Rebbe... I told my wife that I'm just a better businessman. Most people go, they get a job that gives them money, they then can get covered. You give a lot of charity, so you could buy covered. I said, a Rebbe, I'm worried for myself that I just skip a step, I'm a smarter businessman. Why go money to covered, go right to covered? So I told my I'm worried that I'm just a smarter businessman, you skip a step in this process. Money to honor, go right to honor. Dangerous game. So Yidin have like a thing that we're very into money. That's what our enemies say about us. Is it true? I'll tell you, when I, got, when I moved to Waterbury, so the first house in my life that I bought, me and my wife, we bought from a sports writer. Ironically enough, the guy whose house I wrote was a sports writer for a guy who loves sports. I bought the house off a sports writer. It was a beautiful big house. The inside was rocked. The inside of the house was rocked. Now, my wife and I had the Siata de Shmaya that we bought the house. There was a six month window in the state of Connecticut. They were giving $25,000 to any fireman and any teacher who would want to do home improvement, $25,000. Now they were afraid firemen and teachers would do the home improvement and then sell the house. And the point wasn't to, to, to make money. The point was to upgrade Connecticut. They had some other point. And they were afraid people would just take the money and like turn it into cash. They didn't want that. They wanted you to have nicer houses. So what they did smartly is, it was a five-year loan. And every year you lived in the house you fixed up, they forgave $5,000 of the 25000 So if you lived there five years, you got all the work for free. This way you wouldn't just fix it up, sell the house. They wanted it to be for you, the firemen and the teachers. And that, that's a deal they had for six months. So we had $25,000 for upgrades. A relative of ours, a very generous, wonderful person, said that we want you to have central air in the house and we'll pay to put centuries in the old, old house, 100 years old the house was. We'll pay somebody to put central air in the house. So my wife and I did a lot of work on the house and it bothered me. A guy lived there the way it was. A guy was able to live in the house, and I'm a from guy, and I need more gashmis. I need a beautiful house. It like bothered me. He was living in Shalom Nafshi. He was living in the house. I needed it fancy. It bothered me a little bit. So it's a sogya. It's a sogya. I don't want to get to the, the sogya, what, what we, we're grappling with the sogya. There's a sogya, but Goyim say about us, we're into money. Avad, that's not true. Yidzin Tashem. Well, he isn't the service of Hashem. But the Goyim say, here you have a Pasuk. You're going to go to Mitzrayim, but they're going to leave wealthy. You ever bothered by that? But don't worry, we're going to be beaten, pulverized, 86 years of torture, hundreds of years of enslavement. But you're going to leave wealthy. Very like funny promise of God. And by the way, when we left, it was very important to Hashem. When it was time to go out of Mitzrayim, we were not thinking about money. And Hashem said, Hashem said to Moshe, I have a favor. I beg you, 
beg the Yidden to take money because I don't want Avram Avinu to have tainas on me that I kept. They went to Golos, to Mitzrayim, and they were pulverized, was kept. But leaving rich wasn't kept. Please do me a favor and make sure the Yidden take money. And so we were obedient people. We really just wanted out. You have a guy in jail and they say he could leave. He just runs. He doesn't want to, there's nothing else he wants. He doesn't want to go around the jail. He's there for years. I assure you, Rev. Rabashkin was said leave. He didn't want to go around the jail. Just can I have a few more minutes? I want to speak to this one and that one. And then I, they said, I think he put on Tfilingrad. To bench. He went back to bench. <laughs> Amazing, Rev. Shalom went back to bench. He said, I have to bench. They thought he was a sugar. He wanted a bench where he washed. <laughs> They say he got out eight and a half years. He's waiting every minute. Go. You just run your book. Where can I go? How fast? He went back to bench. Good remembering Maish. But the bottom line is, is that when we were freed from Egypt, we wanted out, Beirach. And amazingly, Hashem said, I beg you, get money. Why was it so important? We walked out wealthy. So, Rev... Rev Weinberger told this saber and this picture was magical to me. I always was very intrigued. And he said, any difficult situation, you have to walk out with diamonds. He said, shame on you if we end this. He was leading his saber through all the changes, all the diving. He said, you better walk out wealthy. I want to know how you get richer from the situation. I have discussed a number of times that people in difficult situations, they think of escape. Rightfully, rightfully. And they do two things. They pray, spiritually trying to get out the main efforts. And then they invest physical efforts to get out. A guy is sick, Rahman al-Tzlan. He prays, Rifu'enu, Tilim, and engages doctors. The physical and spiritual ways out. So those are both escapes. And rightfully so. Perfectly in bounds, as you should. Prayer and physical ishtadlus is what he does. He needs parnasa. Step one is baruch aleinu. He starts praying better for parnasa. Step two is he looks into jobs and he's good to go. Any any situation we look out. You, I always say that people tend to forget to ask amidst this situation. How can I get better? How can I be Mekadashem Shemaim? Hashem put me in a situation. You're allowed to want out, you should look to get out. But what greatness can I get from the situation? Says Rev Weinberger, amazingly, Hashem wants that we walk out wealthy. Amazing. It was valuable to Hashem that we leave Mitzrayim with a lot of money. People say, where did you get that money from? From in Egypt. Isn't that fascinating? Forever, and this was so important to Hashem, that when you leave Mitzrayim, you have wealth with you. <laughs> Amazing. All of us, all our lives, get out of Mitzrayim. Do we remember to bring money with us? It's like a nightmare to forget about. But did you get richer from the experience? He said that Rev Weinberger was begging the tzibur that make sure you get richer from the experience. It's not just davening it should end. It's not just surviving. In what way did you get richer? In what way did you get better? What wealth did you pick up in Mitzrayim? What are you going out with? That was like delightful. That's what the diamond I brought back for the Hebrew from the Chasna. Achri can you... What? It's amazing. It's amazing. That's how he saw Achri Kenyetsu Rechosh Gadol. 
Isn't that amazing, Maishala? Each person has to find it. But it has to be, if I'm in this situation, there's something I can, there's some gold here, there's some silver here. And when you get at him, it's right here, it's that nightmare. There was something I found there. There's something I discovered. Isn't that amazing, Ezra? So he said within the matzav, one guy became closer to his family. Another guy learned how to do it independently, not with his shul. All different things and nuances people picked up. In our shuls being shut, in our clothes behind our doors, different things we discovered about ourselves, each one a different, unique point. But he said, I want to hear that when it's over, it's not a nightmare that ended. You walk out, you're wealthy. I want you to show off your goods that you acquired in Mitzrayim. Isn't that amazing, Moyo? Delightful, no? I always felt this way, Moyo, that in difficult situations, we don't think enough. Escape is appropriate, but what can I pick up here? What is it? What service? What way within this? Can I be more empathetic? Somebody's sick. Maybe they can be more empathy. Maybe they can be more appreciative. I could think of endless things that could happen amidst the situation. Certainly they want to escape and they should pray and prepare for escape, of course. But of course. But when you're in the situation, is there something also that I could do within this? Is there some Kiddush Shemaim? Wouldn't that be a worthy thing of thinking about? That's what Hashem said, in Egypt, I want you to be looking for gold and silver. I don't want you just to run out. Do me a favor. While you're there, I want you looking for gold and silver. Oh, we just want out. We just want out. No, look for gold and silver. Go out with some wealth. Amazing. Nachi, you like that from the Rav? Could you hear his voice? Could you hear him say it? I was very moved by that. Very. Yeah. Yes, have you ever heard that before? I want to share a vart that came from Arbe's Medrash, but I want to speak about the implication. It's the vart itself is a party. We're going to have a little party today, Shlomo. Yehuda Gradko came to Yeshiva the other day. It was a magical day. But one Sadiq comes, he brought like Satmach Sedim were here, a Yid from, a yid from Lakewood, alumni, um, breast lovers came later that night. Yehuda Gradko like unleashed the Shefa here. But he said a vert that he said quickly, I want to analyze the vert he said, Shloyma. I want you to call up all your contacts and be able to say the Shloyma. Share with at least, once you hear it, you'll want to share with at least two or three You'll tell me on Shabbos who you shared this with. It's a, Beirach, you'll tell me how many people today you shared this vart. I want to share this vart. It happened in our base matter. This is a vart that developed. And as he gets most of the credit, Kedarka Bakoyne, she handled the parashan in Ian way. Kemad, it's all from Revezi. I want to share, it's a discussion we had over a number of years. I'd like to share this vart. I'm going to condense it because the hour is late. It's almost time for Mincha. But I want to share Meimei a vart that's magical. David, I want you to hear this. You're going to Waterbury for Shabbos? Bring this to the whole city. We'll go quickly. Come sit down. You need to be sitting for this. Otherwise, you'll faint. Get a chair. Perfect. How much stay near me, Maishla? Like this. David, listen. Send this to Lakewood. Listen to this vart. We know there was a market in Parshish Ve'era, there's a market called Dever. What happened in Dever? 
Well, in English, who knows the good English where we all look in arts girl, you need like an arts, somebody has to write arts girl for arts girl. Pestilence. What is pestilence, bless your sake. Pe- pestilence. Pestilence is some plague that all the animals drop dead. It's called pestilence. So, in Egypt, Dever, all the animals drop dead. Comes a few makas later and there's a maka called Barad. Barad, I believe, is the seventh maka that Hashem sent us. Dever was the fifth. Barad is the seventh. And in Barad, hail came from the heavens. The hail was fire and water, a mixture that can't be. And fire and water came from the heavens. And it killed all the mikna, all the cattle that Mitzrayim left outside. Now, there was a voice that went out by the Maka of Dever. By the marker of Barad, they sent out, you know in Eretzol you have those cars announced, Glevaya leaving, Vel Ungang von Shamgar, Oy Baboy, and they have this like sand, and now you'll hear in Eretzol a car goes around Meisharim announcing a Petira, somebody was Nifter. And they described Levi, they have these announcements, they're called Ramkos, and they have the mic, uh, a big loudspeaker on top of the car, and they make announcements. The ice cream truck of Levi's. Yeah, yeah, the ice cream truck of Levi's. It's a good... <laughs> it's a good. <laughs> the, in, <laughs> funny way to look at it. Aaron, in, in, in Egypt, they went around with some sort of vehicle, David, and they announced around Egypt, everybody bring your cattle inside. If you leave your cattle outside, it's going to get nailed from Barad. And an announcement went out. And they said, everybody bring your cattle inside. I'll read it. Let's read the Psukim. Ah. Quickly gather up your cattle and everything from the field. Any human being, an animal that stays in the field is going to die. So avoid everybody in Mitzrayim. Bring in your cattle inside. Bring your avodim. If you leave them out, they are dead. Yeah? Says the Psukim. Those that fear the Dvar Hashem, Yoreis Dvar Hashem, those shloimeh that feared Hashem, may avdei pari heinus avadim s'gnei They listened, and what happened? Their animals and avadim survived. V'ashalai sam liba yel dvar Hashem. Those that chose to say, I'm not listening to dvar Hashem. V'yazim esavadim s'gnei basada. They left their avadim, their, their servants and their cattle in the field. And what happened, Moyo? They all dropped dead. The hail came out and crushed and crunched and killed Ravadim. So that's what happened in Makkas in Barad. Any thinking person asks Rashi's Kasha Alo, how did they have any animals left? If all the animals died in Dever and Pestilence, why were there Avadim left in Makkas Barad? There are no cattle left. And it says those that didn't fear Dvar Hashem left their cattle outside, but there are no cattle left of. So explains the Rishon, there are a few answers. Explain Rashi. By pestilence, if you look by the mark of Deborah, valid question, Rashi is this Kasha. I'll read the Rashi. Vim Taimar, 
Frek Rashi, may I in Hayu Lehmabemus, where did they have animals? But like Vainem of Ayamus called Mikna Mitzrayim. Earlier it says all the cattle died, Tumakis before. Says Rashi, Eloi Nigzur Xer al Isin Shebisada is Pilvad. If you go back to Makas, Dever, Ezra, so it says there, the Pasuk says, Hine Yada Shem Haya Bimiknacha, the Yada Shem will attack your cattle. Asher Basada, only the cattle in the field. So, how did anybody have any cattle left? They brought it inside. So that's how it survived, Dever. And that was what was remaining for Makas Barad. Kasha. The Makas were meant to teach people about God. To show Hashem runs the world. Who is this sick Mitzri? Why did he have any cattle left from Dever? Because God said only the animals in the field will be killed. So the Mitzri was smart. What did he do with his animals? He brought them inside. In Marcus Dever, God says, in Marcus Barad, Hashem says, if you leave it outside, it's dead. Inside, it will live. Whose animals were killed? But the guy regressed from the Makas. In Makas 5, how do you have any animals survive? Because he took Hashem's word seriously. And Hashem said, if your cattle's outside, it's dead. So some Mitzvah said, well, I'm not going to do that. And he brought it inside. Two Makas later, Hashem said, it, bring it inside. Whoever leaves it outside is going to be killed. Some people listened. And if you didn't listen, you left it outside. You only had an animal because you cared about Hashem's word. Two Makas before. So who is the Mitzri who regressed? Shloimah, good kasha. The guy got less from from the Makas. Loi die, he didn't become from or from the Makas. What in the world? Mayor of bomb kasha, no? He only has animals because in Makas Dever, when God said, I'm going to kill all the animals, Asher Basada, he brought it inside. So you hear the Kasha Davi? How did this guy have any animals that survived Dever? Because what did God say by Dever? I'm killing all the animals, two words, Asher Basada. So the Mitzvah said, okay, I'll bring it inside. Two Makas later, Hashem said, bring your animals inside. Says the Pesukim, if you didn't fear the Dvar Hashem, you left it outside. Who was that Mishunami? Only has animals because he cared about the Dvar Hashem. Two Makas before us, now he doesn't care about the Dvar Hashem. Good Kashi Yiri. Spread this to Detroit. Anybody have an answer, Chavra? Maishi, hear the Kasha? I was listening. Two Makas before Dever, how did the guy of an animal survive? Because God said, I'm killing all the animals. Asher basada, the animals in the field. So Mitzvah said, uh oh. God says, what do you do to have animals survive? He took, I picture, I'm very visual. I picture in his house, like full of cows and sheep. He brought all the domesticated animals inside, and they survived, yeah? Two Makas later, God said, bring your animals inside. If not, they're going to be killed with Dever, with borrowed with, with um, hail. Says the Psukim. If you cared about the Vayar Hashem, you brought it inside. And those that didn't care left it outside and it got killed. 
Who was the Mitzri that didn't care? What was his problem? He cared two makas before. He regressed from the makas. He only had the animals because he cared already. So what happened now that he doesn't care? Good cash, Ezra. Aaron, you hear the kasha? I want you to tell to the whole Baltimore. No, I want you to get it. No, no, no. I want you to be able to say it to the whole Dever, how did a guy have any animals survive in Dever? Why? Because Hashem said all the animals are sher basada, two words, in the field. Today, I'll bring it inside. Barat Hashem says, if you leave it outside, your animal or servant, they are dead. Those that feared the word of Hashem brought it inside. And those that didn't care left outside died. Who's the guy who didn't care? Two ma- the only reason he has an animal is because he cared two makas ago. What's the story? Yes, it's me. He made, I think Rabbi just hinted at it. If he makes the deer that Hashem says, he's like, oh, I have this chak, I want to You're a wonderful person. You're a wonderful person. You're a wonderful person. Let's see. Said Svi, what? It's an oppositional disorder. <laughs> we all have this disorder. Said Svi, in Maka 5, God never said, bring your animals inside. He never said that. God said, I am killing all the animals. Asher Basada. Some Mitzri had a hack of the system. He's like, shh, don't tell Hashem. A Mitzri had a hack. God says, I am killing pestilence. Every animal outside is dropping dead. A mitzvah had like a chap. He beat the system. He said, God said every animal outside. He took all his cows and goats and chapsels inside. His dachkevaldu. They were all saved. In Maka 7, God said to the mitzvah, bring your animals in. And if you leave it out, I'm killing you. The mitzvah said, yeah. Yeah? When it was his chap, when it was his chap, Yuri, Yuri, right? Yuri, when it was the Mitzri's chap, Shlomo smiled. When it was the Mitzri's chap. So then he brought it inside. He had a zah, hack of the system. He outsmarted Hashem. In Maka 7, when it wasn't the Mitzri's chap, Hashem said, you better bring it inside. Huh? He didn't regress at all. He didn't regress at all, Aaron. In Maka 5, he was never told, bring your animal inside. There was Xerah, Dever, all animals will die. Asher, and Hashem added two words, Asher Basada. So then he brings it inside. He outchapped, he, he had a chap. When he's told, bring it inside, it's much harder to listen. It wasn't the chap. There was an announcement that went out. And Maish Rabbeinu says to them, now, why does Hashem do that, by the way? Why in Maka 7 did he tell them to bring it inside? By the Ma- Somebody think of a chap, the Gur Arya, the Maral. This I'll be impressed. I haven't said this publicly too recently. Why do you think by Maka 7 an announcement went out? Bring your animals inside. If it's outside, they're dead. And by Maka 5 of pestilence, it never was said, bring your animals inside. It said, animals outside are dropping dead. Maybe Hashem wanted all the animals dead because they worshipped animals and knew that they would... Maya said Hashem wanted it dead. By the way, in Maka 5, if everybody brought it inside, would there have been a Maka? 
The bino maka. The maka is outside animals die. Maka five. The maka is outside animals die. If he says bring all your animals inside, so the maka is the maka is outside animals die. That's the maka. Outside animals die. That's what was announced in maka five. Outside animals will die. A guy is a chap brought it inside. Okay, it wasn't the maka. Maka seven is burrows falling outside. Whether you have animals there or not, burrows falling. So the announcement goes out. Bring your animals inside. I'm sending burra down. I'm not. The maka is not even to kill animals or people. The ma- it's falling. Bring it inside. Now it doesn't really answer it up to me. Why in Maka 5 Hashem did it, there's a Maka 7. It could be to train them further. Maka 5 trained if you care and you're t- sensitive to Hashem's word. There's something practical about this word that I want to share with the Hebrew Rabbi say. It's very gishmak, human nature. You don't have to have a disorder We're all this way. We're learning Kedushan this year. We learned the Gemara in Kedushan. The Gemara says, It's greater to be commanded and to do than to do when you're not commanded. Every person likes extra credit. Every person likes huh, a little extra credit there. It's very hard to do it when somebody says to do it. It's greater to be commanded and to do than to be an enemitzuvaisa. There's a tremendous hardship to do it when somebody said, we all have an ego. And we are, you told me I'm not doing it. I'll do it only when you don't tell. We all have that ego. And big people are able to subjugate their ego. God said, and I do. God said, and I do. I lower myself. It's very hard for us. I'll do it like an I, I'll do when I want, I'll do when I decide. God said to do it. All of us have an ego. And great people are able to lower their ego when the time is necessary. Hashem said to do it. People who are hurt by authority in their life have trouble all their lives bending to any authority. I'll do it when I want. There's such a thing, don't throw out authority. There's good authority, there's Hashem. And you'll meet all sorts of good authority who, have, who, who just, they said and listen because they said. It's very hard for us to listen because somebody said. I used to observe when my father came around to wake me up for shachas and I was a youngster, I noticed when he left the room, I jumped out of bed. There was an amount, when you're there, Daniel, Chakras. He wasn't pressuring at all. He was, he was my ride to Yeshiva. He never forced me to die in the day of my life. But he was telling me, Chakras, Daniel. He was my ride. I waited till he walked out, then I stood up. Because it's hard for us to, to, to subjugate ourselves. We're human beings. But God Mitzvah voice is a tremendous value when you were told and you're loyal. Somebody told me, I have to do it, I have to listen. There's a very big hardship in that. That's why it's a bigger schar mitzvah vice. You're commanded and you do. You did it when you had to do it. You, have to, you did it, you had to do it, and you did it. And this human nature, the mitzri in Maka 5, the mitzri's told, I'm killing all the animals in the sada. And he chapped, a, a chap that if I bring it inside, it won't be killed. He brought it all inside. In Maka 7, Beirach, when he was told, bring your animal inside, if not, I'll kill it, he ignored it. He's, nobody tells me what to do. Because it was told a direct command, bring your animal inside. That many Mitzrayim couldn't do that. They couldn't, that you don't tell me how to live my life. They couldn't subjugate themselves. 
I think besides being an incredible vert, it's an incredible lesson to us on the difficulties of subjugating ourselves. When it's a chap, when it's a plan of saying, they're madregas. It's interesting, Chevra, that the moralist, the Tysus and Shabbos asked this kasha. Tysus gives one answer, the moral gives a different answer. All of us know with Kabbalah Satira that we said Nasev and Ishma. With willingness, we accept the Torah. But there was also, we were forced. Koifen Aleim Harkegigis. Hashem held the mountain. Said, if you accept it, good. If not, I'll bury you. I don't get it. Will we force? Will we do it willingly? There's mindless of doing it willingly. There are mindless of being forced. The mile of being forced is the sense that I answer to somebody. Every guy can work on himself. I want a bacher to come to shachris willingly. We don't force no detention, no punishment. The shachris is getting more gorgeous by the day. We have a huge shever. We have about 40 regulars at this point at a part of the shachris club's beautiful matzah. Now, it's gish. step one is we chose it. We chose it. I chose. Nasev Ishma. There's a step, a madrega in our steiging where Hashem commanded me. It's a tzivoy. I'm doing what I'm choyiv to do. It's a stage. I still should celebrate. I do it. I should celebrate more. Hashem said, I'm mitzvah. It's hard to be a mitzvah. We like doing extra credit. We like the extra we got. I'm mitzvah. I'm choyiv. It's a step in our madrega. Kabbalah Satoyah has both aspects. It has the freshness and excitement of Nasev and Ishma, but it has to somewhere along the way develop into Kaifan like a gig as I do what I'm at what I was commanded to do. I have a boss who commanded, you have to have both components. Very complicated, Arvoida Sashem. People ask me in Waterbury, you train a guy to be excited. And he, the, the Davening, you look around the room by Davening, it's magical room. The level of, I say pound for pound, you can't find a more sincere prayer. I'd like to see it in the world. You watch around, look at my Bree in the corner there. It's like, it's like, you go to Maish, from Maish to Maish, we got the whole room covered. Maish goes his corner, Maish Bree, and then there's just full of sincerity everywhere in between. Full of sincerity. And there's the sincerity of people who chose. We're a room of choosers of Nasev and Ishmaniks. People say, beautiful, you have Nasev and Ishma. But do people know you do when it's hard? You do it when you're not in the room. Do they have the Kaifin Olim Harkigigis? The next step, Abutsova, I was commanded. So I like learning Parshas Ve'era and this verse of the beauty of doing it when you were told and the hardship of doing it when you were told. I got to. Oh, the steps, and by the way, the first step is Maka 5, then Maka 7. The Makas are training, not for the Mitzrayim. The Mitzrayim, Leitz Taka, Hashem pounds the Leitz, Upesi Yarim. The Leitz is hopeless, but the foolish guy gets cunning. The Makas weren't for the Mitzrayim, it's for you and I. Maka 5 trains the person is sensitive to the Vara Hashem, but from within. Hashem said this. You got it down. You've, you've hacked the system. From within. That's a good madrego. It's good. It's good. You're getting it. You're in tune with it. Makkah 7 trains the person. Hashem said and do it. Bring your cattle and say, that was a whole other struggle. Don't say that. I'm a good boy. I'll figure it out. I'll work with your words. But from within. Makkah 7 is a later development. And we have to make sure we have that madrig. Hashem said and do it. 
I'm not feeling it. I don't want. Say that. Hashem said it. The excitement and our own attachment to it is wonderful. And we have that aspect. Ravoy des Hashem. But there's also the mitzvah, and to make sure we acquire that too. To make sure, certainly the order is Yitzchak is Avram, then Yitzchak Avram is falling in love, and Yitzchak is Azayvi the Tatat Gitar. Father that he does also. It's Ava and Yir is both aspects. There's the aspect of the excitement and the aspect of Hashem said, He's my boss. He's my boss. It's a hard step. It's a very hard step. And we're human beings. But we can work and we can celebrate the beauty of that. There's a beauty to that. Hashem said, do it. I'm loyal. I'm not feeling like it. I don't have the excitement. I'm not sure today I'm sorry. I'm just not feeling it. I hear. I hear. And I want the excitement. I want to fall in love with Yiddishkeit. But I also want to do what Hashem says. Loyally, and there's a beauty to that. I think in studying the Marcus and laughing at the one, what do you call it, Mohio, the guy has? What disorder? Oppositional defiance disorder, like the, the, what they call ODD today. We all have ODD. We all, to somebody says and we listen, is very hard. But that Madrega to require that we were told to do it, and we do loyalties, because we have a boss, because we have somebody. It's an important Madrega. I've got the shabbos, everybody says, she's got a